It's the dictionary. 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 Well, hello, everybody. You're a word nerd because you're watching and listening to the dictionary. Thank you very much for turning on this show five days a week. Five days a week. My name is Spencer. There's no editing, basically no editing on this show, and that's what makes it great. Uh, it's just, I, I, I read the words. I read the definitions, the etymologies, all the stuff that's here, and then I just, whatever pops in my mind uh, for that word, it just comes out. It could be an ex explanation, it could be a personal story, an anecdote, a, uh, an opinion, a political thing, a song... It could be anything, so it's just a fun way to see how does Spencer see the world, and uh, let's let's just talk about it. <laughs> okay, we got some fun words in this episode. The first word is empty calories. As my my glasses look all gross. Whatever, they're fine. And now I don't know how to get my glasses back on my face. Today, by the way, is October sixth, seven o nine a.m. Um, did I have? My back is still really bugging me. Um, it's been like two or three weeks. My back has been really hurting. I have a genetically bad lower back. And for some reason right now, it's just really flaring up. And I feel like an 80-year-old man. And I'm not anywhere near 80 years old. And it's, it's very frustrating. Okay. The first word is empty calories. Two words. Noun from 1955. Hmm. Empty calories, 1955. I wonder what was going on. What? Did, why did they have to come up with this phrase in 1955? Calories from food that supplies energy but is not neutrally balanced. There's no nutritional value to it. What would be empty calories? Um, I've, I've heard people say beer is empty calories. It fills you up. You're getting calories. But it's not like it's part of the four food groups. Maybe some people's four food groups, but not most people's four food groups, not my four food groups. And uh, it's just, it's, it's adding to the amount of calories that you ingest every day, but you're not getting any benefits like you are with things like veggies and fruit and beans and lentils and those sorts of healthy things, which are very good for you. Empty calories. Um, I have a coffee drink here that has some, you know, some flavored uh, dairy-free creamer in it. Uh, this is probably empty calories. I don't think my body is really needing this, but it tastes good, and so I enjoy it. And it also has sugar, because I don't like coffee by itself. <laughs> creamer, flavored creamer and sugar. How much do would you like a little coffee with your cream and sugar? That's what they should be asking at the cafes. Empty calories. What else about empty calories? They're just not good for you, but we all enjoy it. We all like it. Is pizza is pizza empty calories? Mm, maybe maybe like half empty. Is it what what sort of person are you? Do you look at your pizza as uh, mostly full? What's that phrase with the glass of water? Is your is your glass full? Half full? Empty? Half empty? Is your pizza half full of calories or is it half empty with calories? I don't know. Uh, let's. The sound effect today is going to be um, uh, wee -oo, wee -oo. It's another. It's another sort of alarm uh, ambulance sound for reasons which we will get to later. Empty-handed is next. Two words with a hyphen. 
adjective from 1589. One, having or bringing nothing. You have nothing or you have brought nothing. If you go to a party, if somebody invites you to a party, you should probably not show up empty-handed. You should show up full-handed. Don't bring nothing. Do bring something. Empty-handed or just have nothing. I, I, this hand is empty-handed. This hand is not empty-handed because it has a microphone in it. But now, they're ne neither one of them is empty-handed. Empty-handed. Uh, number two, having acquired, having acquired or gained nothing. Um, as in, came back empty-handed. You, you gain nothing from your little jaunt over there. You, you acquired nothing. Uh, this could be literally bringing something physical with you, or this could be maybe some knowledge. Maybe you went to college, and then you came back from college empty-handed. You learned nothing from going to college. What were you doing that whole time? What were you doing empty-handed? Um, yeah, I don't really have any real personal thoughts about being empty-handed. You should. I know I do. You should always have something in your hand. There should you just always, always have something. Gives you something to do. Wee wee. Next is empty nester. Two words. Noun from 1962. Uh, if somebody was named Nestor, and they had nothing in their hands and nothing in their head, they would be empty nester. This is a parent whose children have grown and moved away from home. Maybe they went to college and they will show up empty-handed when they come back to their home and then they will live with their parents in their 30s. Uh, a parent whose children have grown and moved away from home. My parents have been empty nesters for a very long time. Let's see. They've probably been empty nesters longer at this point than, than not. But they're not empty-handed. They, they do things. They're great. And we visit often. They only live 15 minutes away. Um, there was that show. Was it Empty Nest? I think it was just called Empty Nest. It was a sitcom in the maybe late 80s, early 90s. Uh, and I watched it and there was a big dog. I remember the dog. That's about all I remember. Was the dad, was he like a pediatrician or something? Yeah. Good show. I don't remember most of it. If Sharon, my wife Sharon, probably remembers the theme song to that show because she has this very strange ability to know all of the theme songs for the 80s sitcoms, 80s and 90s theme songs, um, and also the actors who have been in them. We will be literally be watching a movie or a TV show, and she'll be like, I think that person was in one episode of Family Ties. And we'll look it up, and literally, they were in one episode. And, like, they never acted again. But she knows that they were in this show. It's a very strange and scary skill that she has. Wee wee. Next is Empty Nest Syndrome. Empty Nest has a hyphen. Noun from 1972. An emotional letdown often experienced by an empty nester. Well, sure, all your parent, your parents, all your kids are gone. They've moved out. They've gone to college, wherever they left the house. And, you know, you probably had them in the house for 18-ish years, anywhere from probably 16 to 20 at least. I stayed at home until I was maybe 22. 
and uh, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you got an empty nest. It's you know this is the metaphorical like birds. The birds the birds have a nest, and then the babies go, and then their nest is empty, and it's very sad. Empty nest syndrome. I why we should call this ENS. Did you get the ENS when your kids left? Oh, I got the ENS so bad. I got it so bad. I didn't know what to do with my life. I started making big breakfasts and big dinners, and there was only two people, two of us. I didn't know what to do with all the food, so I just threw it out. Uh, I can't even imagine what it's like to just to first have a kid and to go through all that, and then they're gone. And like, I get it. I understand. I, you know, I, I consciously understand the concept of, of. Of, of of losing you feel like you're losing your kid but you know when then they then they meet people and then they get married and you feel like you're losing them but no you're not losing anybody you're you're gaining so you know if you're a parent try not to be so overprotective i think my parents i don't think were like that and i'm very grateful but i've seen parents who are like i don't know they get they get weird parents get weird don't they uh okay next wee 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 We've got empty suit. Two words. Empty suit. Noun from 1950. This is an ineffectual executive. Okay, so this is like, you know, sometimes they, they, they call the business people the suits because they're wearing the fancy suits. I don't ever want to wear a suit. We just watched a movie yesterday where everybody was in suits. And I was like, I guess, I guess they all live. Just did everybody wear suits all the time? I don't want to wear a suit all the time. Uh, so if you are an executive, you are a business person, maybe you're a president, a vice president, a CFO, a COO, a CEO, one of those letters, and but you're not doing a good job. You're so bad at being a suit. You're an empty suit. There's nothing in your suit. It's just empty. They might as well just give give them an empty suit put that in the boardroom chair it's like that yeah, they're that's that's going to do as good of a job as the human being empty suit i've never heard of that one wee 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 in purple is next the purple is a great word but then you put an m before it in purple how can you not crack a smile when you hear or say in purple in purple, in purple, in purple. This is a verb, so the other forms are impurpled and impurpling. <laughs> impurpling. <laughs> okay, this, like I said, is a verb from 1590. To tinge or color purple. That is the transitive definition. You're going to color something purple, tinge something purple. The movie The Color Purple has been tinged purple, I guess. You know what? I've never seen that movie, and I think that's insane. And there's a new version coming out, and I need to watch both of them because I feel really ridiculous that I've not seen, I've not seen the original one. Um, so you're making something purple, dyeing it purple. Is there anything purple in here? I don't think so. Okay, the number two for impurple. No, it's not a number two. It's the intransitive. It's to become purple. Oh no, I became purple. I have been impurpled. Here we go. I'm being, I'm, somebody is empurpling me and I am empurpled. Fantastic word. Fantastic word. Do we have, we, 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 I haven't seen in green. Maybe it's, maybe it, there's an N. N green. Can you, can you make something green? But what, 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 let's see. Let's, let's do a quick look. 
Uh, let's see. In I'm not seeing it. Why don't we have this same word for all the colors? Im im red, im orange, im yellow, im green. I'm going through the Roy G. Biv. Im and but purple isn't even in there. Im blue, im indigo, im violet, and im purple. Im black, im white, im brown. <sighs> Why do we have this word? And not the other words. Okay, moving on. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Empyema. Empyema. This is spelled E-M-P-Y-E-M-A. Empyema. And the plural is... Uh, M... No, wait. It only shows the second part of it. Empyemata. Oh, we've added. We've added a T-A. Empyemata. I think that's how you say it. This, or or just empaimas, empaimas. This is a noun from circa 1605. This is the presence of pus or pus in a bodily cavity. If you have a hole in your body and there is pus in the hole, or maybe like a wound has pus in it, I'm going to say pus so many times and it's going to piss you off. Pus is pissing you off. Uh, the, the, and just the, the fact that there is pus in your bodily cavity, that is empyema. Oh, my God. Empyemic is an adjective. Okay, great, fun. This word is from the Greek empyene, empyene which means to superate, S-U-S-U. P-P-U-R-A-T-E, superate, don't know what that word is, which is from M plus pion, which means pus. And there's more at the word foul, like like a, you got a foul in baseball. Foul, party, foul. That's a bad job. Ba- uh, basketball has fouls. All the, the sports teams have fouls. Um, I don't know how it's connected to foul, but in superate must be something about pus. Putting pus into a thing, removing pus from a thing, no clue. But you have pus in you, and you are, uh, you've got the empyema. Interesting, interesting. I don't think I have any pus on me right now. Nope, nope, I don't see any pus. Okay. Wee, 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 Empyreal is next. Empyreal, you could say empyreal. Empyreal, imperial, empyreal, different ways. Um, this is an adjective from the 15th century, and I am going to assume that it has something to do with pus. Number one, of or relating to the empyrean. Oh, that's the next word, which I think is how, that's how you pronounce it, the empyrean. It must be. Uh, the synonym is celestial, which makes me think of stars. So empyrean is coming up. Hold on, let's talk about number two. The synonym for empyreal is sublime. Sublime. <laughs> That's the word he says in, in, in Barbie. Ken says, sublime! Oh boy, that's one of the funniest lines, I think, in that whole movie. And I just want to know the, the backstory about that. Okay, I don't, none of this makes any sense to me. There's nothing to do with pus. We got stars, we got happiness with the word sublime. So, what is the etymology? This is from, 
what? The lower Greek empyreos, which is from the M prefix plus pyre, P-Y-R, which means fire. Like like a funeral pyre. Is that uh, when they when they burn the thing? <clears throat> Sorry, my throat got all weird. Should I have a little hot liquid to burn my throat? Hmm. So empyreal has to do with fire somehow, not sure how. So let's keep on going. Let's find out what this what what's the connection here. Wee wee wee. Empyrean first form adjective from the 15th century. The synonym is the word that we just read empyreal. Wee wee wee. The second form of empyrean and yeah, it doesn't give a um a pronunciation for either one of these, which is very odd. Every single one of these other ones has a pronunciation. Well, okay, it does. It does. It just is tagging on to empyreal, and not all, all it shows is the last part of the word n, empyrean. We're just adding on to where it's an it's a it's an adjustment to the end of the previous word. I don't know if I totally agree with that because. If you were to look up this word in the dictionary, just by itself, all you would see is in. That's the pronunciation, un. I'm like, well, what is that? That's not how you say that word. So you have to see what the previous word is to see sort of what we're tagging on to. And nobody, most people aren't going through this thing in order like I am. So that, I think you need to put in the whole, the whole pronunciation. Okay, so now, second form of empyrean, noun from circa 1610, 1A, the highest heaven or heavenly sphere in ancient and medieval cosmology, usually consisting of fire or light. This must be, well, I would guess biblical, but might not be biblical, but something to do with the heavens, uh, the medieval cosmology. So what? So they were looking at the stars and... Now, maybe it's not religious. Maybe it's not religious at all. It does say cosmology, so that makes me think of more scientific things. The highest heaven or heavenly sphere in ancient and medieval cosmology, usually consisting of fire or light. So way up there in the sky, so far away, the, the furthest of the heavenly spheres, it's got fire and light. And of course, we saw in the etymology, it's from the word fire. Fire! 1B. The true and ultimate heavenly paradise. Well, yes, this definitely seems like we're definitely in the uh, religious spiritual world. Um, so I wonder. So it doesn't say like what culture this comes from, um, but I guess in this context, if you are the most good, then maybe you would go to this uh, empyrean heaven. Uh, there may be, how many levels are there? I'm not sure. Uh, but this is the best one, the best. This is where you want to go. This is the penthouse of heavenly spheres. Number two, the synonyms are firmament and heavens. Just in general, the heavens are the empyrean. Number three, an ideal place or state. Uh, kind of also makes me think of Eden. If you want to go hang out in Eden, maybe empyrean is another place that you would want to go to. It's an ideal place, or maybe it's a state of mind. Let's all, we all want to reach an empyrean state. No idea what that is, exactly. Okay, no more EMP words. 
uh, let's see, what comes after P? LMNOP, Q. There's no Q, there's no EMQ, and there's no EMR. So now we have to go to EMS. Only one of them. Abbreviation for Emergency Medical Service or Emergency Medical Services. Singular or plural. Maybe uh, the emergency medical service is in an ambulance and they're driving down and they hit the alarm. The siren. That's a better word for it. Next word is EMT. Also, just one EMT word. All caps. Noun from 1972. And um, this is one of those funny places where it gives the letters and then it tells me how to pronounce the letters. And it gives emphases. So it says EMT. You have to emphasize the T. There's, you, cannot, you cannot say it any other way. You can't say EMT. You can't say EMT. You can't say EMT. You have to say EMT. A specially trained medical technician certified to provide basic emergency services as cardiopulmonary resuscitation, which is also known as CPR, before and during transportation to a hospital. And it says compared to the number two definition for the word paramedic. EMTs, they are some very important people. If you are having an emergency, if you need some EMS, some emergency medical services, uh, call 911 if you're in the States or the other number, uh, <laughs> And uh, in, in your own country, I'm sure they're all different. Um, I, I want to say in, 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 in England, is it like nine? Oh, I know. I know what it is. It's like a little bit different. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, you call your emergency number. I hope you know what it is. What's the number for 911? And then they're going to come to you. Either like the, 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 the fire truck is going to come if they need that or just an ambulance. And the EMTs, they're going to come and they're going to take care of you. And if you're... you're, if you're if you're uh, unconscious, maybe they're going to perform CPR. And then as they're getting you in like a decent state, then they're going to put you in the ambulance, or as I like to say, ambulance. And then as they're driving you to the hospital, which hopefully isn't very far away, they're going to keep on working on you. They're going to keep on working on you. Maybe they're going to inject you with something. Maybe they're going to keep on doing CPR. Whatever you need, they're going to do it because they are specially trained and very important and please be nice to them. Please be nice. They, they, they have a tough job, so be nice. And they're driving around in a thing that goes, The next word is the first E-M-U word, and of course it is emu. And, you know, because, because we're adults here, we need, to, we need to hear what an emu sounds like, right? emu sound. We did this for the emperor penguin recently and the sound of the emu. Let's turn up the speakers a little bit. Interesting. That's that's a very sort of grumbly sound. Wow, they do look like dinosaurs. Who they are fascinating. All right. Well, I suspect there's another sound, but that's okay. There, It was like a... No, I can't do it. Interesting. Okay. 
Emu is a noun from 1656. This is a swift-running Australian Australian ratite bird with undeveloped wings that is smaller than the ostrich. Very similar to the ostrich. They look very similar, different, similar shape and stuff, but they're they're not the same. They're smaller, and their species name is Dromaeus novi hollandii. Hmm, I wonder if it's related to Holland. It must be. Okay, fun name. I don't know what ratite means, but they are that. And their name is modified from the Portuguese ima, E-M-A. I don't know how they say that exactly. And that means cassowary, which is another similar large bird that I don't think flies at all. Uh, their, their feet, their legs are very long and strong, I think, just like the ostrich. And they got this big old body. You can't really tell what the body looks like because they're covered with uh, feathers. And then they got they got not so much with the wings. Their wings, I don't know. I mean, they can they can like stretch them out, but I don't know how much they can really use the wings for anything. And then they got this long neck. There's a picture of an emu here. And then they got this long, flexible neck. And they got some feathers on their head. And they got a beak. And, uh, you know, some people... Some people maybe have them as pets or something. I don't know what people are doing with emus, but they are they are a uh, a beautiful majestic creature. Let's look at this video again. Oh yes, they look they look a little a little crazy. Um, oh, they have their their feathers almost look like fur. Um, it looks very fluffy and soft, and you know they're just they're just living their best lives. It looks like they got ears. Um, their their top part. I don't know, top eight inches of what foot? I don't know. Um, it looks very, uh, it's it's less furry. They look like they're wearing a fur coat, basically, an extremely fluffy fur coat, but except on their head is it more exposed. They got a little bit, a little bit of fur up there, but not so much. They, they're, they're kind of like a gray-blue, this one that I'm looking at um, here. Ooh, and uh, sound and call. Sounds like an elephant. Let's hear the call. Oh, and there's a baby emu in this picture. A couple of them. Call. Is this all it is? Skip ahead. Is that all they do? I guess that's all they do. They just make this sort of guttural... Okay. Emus. Fascinating. And uh, that's it. That's it for the emu. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen one of these in person. Emu, emu, emu. The second form of emu is an abbreviation for electromagnetic unit. Somehow we need to combine the electromagnetic unit and the emu animal and make up something funny. Wee-oo, wee-oo, wee-oo. Next is emulate, first form, transitive verb from 1582, 1A, to strive to equal or excel. I want to be just like you or better. I'm going to emulate. 1B, the synonym is imitate. That's more how I think of this word, imitate. I like to imitate things, emulate things, but for some reason, 
you know, the emu sound. I can't really make those sounds. Same with the emperor penguin. I couldn't emulate that. But especially to imitate by means of an emulator. Ooh, what's an emulator? We're going to get to that at the end of this episode. Number two, to equal or approach equality with. To equal equality with or approach equality. No, to equal with or to approach equality with. We're trying to get, we're trying to match. Match, I guess. Get up to the same level. Uh, Let's see. Is there etymology for this one? It is, oh, interesting. Okay, this is from the Latin, uh, the Latin aemulus. That's A-E-M-U-L-U-S. And that means rivaling, rivaling. So like your rivals. So I guess that's where this came from is that rivals would want to be equal competitively maybe and so emulate you want to emulate your rival so you could be equal to them or defeat them excel right you want to excel be a better than them so that's where it comes from hmm. emu 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 the next word is the second form of emulate uh, this one would be emulate actually because it is an adjective from 1602 um, it's obsolete it's the 1B definition for the word emulous, which, let's see, is that in the next episode? Yes, it is. Emulous. That's how you say that word. So the 1B definition in to the next episode for emulous is emulate. We have an example. Pricked, yeah, pricked on by a most emulate pride. And that is a quote from Shakespeare. A most emulate pride. Okay, well, we just have to wait until tomorrow to see see what emulous means. Maybe not tomorrow. If today's if this episode is airing on a Friday, the next episode won't be till Monday. Emu, emu, emu. Emulation. This is a noun from 1542. Number one is obsolete. Ambitious or envious rivalry. Rivalry. Yeah, I'm tr- saying that word right. Yeah, emulation. Yeah, okay, so clearly this is, yeah, this is from all being rivalrous, rivalrous. I don't know if that's a word, but it is now. Uh, Envious rivalry. Number two, ambition or endeavor to equal or excel others as in achievement. You want to, uh, ambitious or endeavor. So you are ambitious to to equal somebody to excel them to 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 go to go past them um, or you're you're trying to you're endeavoring to be similar or better than somebody else that's your emulation 3a synonym is imitation you're just you're just cop- copying mimicking aping 3b the use of or technique of using an emulator the use of of using an emulator or the technique of using an emulator that is emulation emulative is an adjective and emulatively or emulatively that is an adverb uh same etymology so now we are going to move to our last word and first i will go emu 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 the next and last word is emulator e m U-L-A-T-O-R. This is somebody who is trying to copy an emu by going... 
Mm. Oh, this description of the video, the emu video says, Emu sound and call. Emu makes a lot of sounds. An emu has a low, deep voice that can be likened to a hollow drum. It communicates with other emus via grunts, barks, booming, thumping, and drumming sounds. The booming is created by the inflatable throat pouch. See, that's why I can't make it, because I don't have an inflatable throat pouch yet. The emu's call can be heard from more than 100 meters away. That's over 300 feet. That's, that's bigger than a football field. Okay, an emulator, noun from 1589, number one, one that emulates. Two, hardware or software that permits programs written for one computer to be run on another computer. I have never used an emulator before, but I have heard of lots of people talk about emulators in terms of, uh, mostly in terms of, an emulator on their computer that can play old video game systems, like an old NES emulator, an Atari emulator, something like that. So the smart people who know how to do electronics have created either on a computer or on some sort of device, maybe your phone, maybe another device, that you can you know, play these games or do this thing that was meant for another machine, but you can do it on this machine. And that's an emulator. It's, ex- it's equaling and possibly excelling in the original thing. Okay, it's word of the episode time here. Word of the episode. Empty calories, empty-handed, empty-headed, empty-nester. Oh, I didn't read empty-headed. I skipped it. Let's read it now. Empty-headed. I was looking forward to reading this one, too. Two words with a hyphen, adjective from 1640, It's the number two definition for the word vacuous, like a vacuum. I think I'm sometimes empty-headed. Okay, back to the the list. Empty-headed, empty-nester, empty-nest syndrome, empty-suit, empurple, empyema, empyreal, empyrean, empyrean, EMS, EMT, emu, emu, emulate, emulate, emulation, and emulator. Well, I will re-shout out EMT because those are some very important people. Same with the fire people and same with the police people. Um, you know, we, we got some issues. They're, nothing's perfect. But in general, they're very important people. Uh, okay, but, but I am, I would, I am tempted to pick empty-headed. I do like that. My head sometimes feel e- either, my head feels either empty-headed or overfull, depending on the time. Um, foods and drinks that ha- are that have empty calories are also enjoyable, but not the best. Um, but I think I'm going to just pick empurple because it's a fantastic word, and I like to say empurple, 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 empurple. Yeah. Okay. Now is the time of the episode where I tell you about a movie that I watched. And, um, oh, we left off at RRR. Oh, oh boy. Okay, so we we never got around to watching this movie um, when it came out. I think it was on Netflix. Um, It's three hours. We just never, we were just never like, I wanted to, but it was like, it's a lot. It's, it's, we got to be in the right mood to, to read and be in a, sit watching a movie for three hours. But then it came out in theaters recently and 
Sharon was like, I think we should go watch this because it's on the big screen. And I was like, uh, hell yeah, we're going to go do that. So we did, and it was fantastic, and it's amazing, and it's uh, it was very loud. The movie is, I think, loud anyway, but I think that they bumped up the volume a few notches. It was very loud. The music is amazing. The uh, There's only, only a couple of dance scenes. I expected there to be more. Uh, there were only a couple, and of course... It's amazing. And so it's a fictional historical movie based on historical times, but a fictional story, fictional characters. And like, you know, you get that pretty quick that, oh, yeah, I mean, this is clearly not real, but oh, boy, it's fun and sweet and great. Um, So you should watch RRR if you haven't seen RRR. Uh, Okay. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for enjoying this, watching this. I don't know if you're enjoying it. Just watch it. Just watch it. Hate it. Hate watch it. That's what I want you to do. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. Goodbye.